welcome to The Dream, The Date, and The Broken Bra. I am your host, Stephanie Brownyard. I have an insatiable desire for adventure and knowledge, and with this, I have been on a quest to discover what the purpose of life is and what it all means. In this podcast, we will embark on a journey, the journey of life. With my guest, we will share in stories and celebrate all that life has to offer from the challenging times to the victories of one's dreams, love, and life experiences. Through authentic conversation and thought-provoking dialogue, it is my hope you will unravel and uncover the magic that makes your life so extraordinary. We all come from different walks of life with different beliefs, but we all have similar desires and needs. Our paths are all so different, but yet we are all so connected. Let's come together to hear each other and to learn from one another and see the beauty in every experience, no matter how difficult or challenging it may be. In the process, we can all heal a little, have some laughs, and perhaps shed a few tears with a whole lot of inspiration. Join me on this exploration to uncover your magic. Are you ready? Hello, hello there, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in because I am super excited about today's episode. And my guest is Emmett Sheehan. I am lucky enough to call Emmett family and I have had a front row seat to watch Emmett grow up and to see what he's accomplished to date. It amazes me because it's like a blink of the eye that Emmett was just this fun-loving, quiet kid who just loved playing sports to transforming into this fierce, driven, and such a focused, tall young man. He has been laser-focused on his dreams, so freaking committed, and you guys, he has landed himself to be drafted as a junior in college to the Major League Baseball as a pitcher in the fifth round for the Dodgers. Woza. Not only does his talent shine through, but he's just an all-around amazing human being, and he's just so kind. I was just so energized and pumped from our conversation. Then what I love so much is that Emmett just really so badly wants to succeed, and he's so focused on succeeding and getting there. That's just so impressive in itself, but he also supports those around him to succeed, and he really just wants his teammates to succeed just as much. So I'm just so impressed by him and I'm moved by what Emmett has accomplished and what he's been through in his life to how he relates to life, how he treats people, and how he tackles his dream with such zest and passion. I truly think his mother has been a saint and just such an amazing person in his life. Shout out to Maureen, but he's just such an amazing example and reflection for us all. Please share this episode as I am so proud of Emmett and his accomplishments, and I just cannot wait to follow his career. And honestly, his words can just really impact everybody, and he's just so astounding. So enjoy today's episode. Hi, Emmett. How are you? Hi, Stephanie. I'm good. How are you? Good. You guys, I have Blair's cousin, Emmett Sheehan, with me. Emmett has this crazy schedule now because he is in the Major League Baseball with the Dodgers. He just recently got drafted by the Dodgers as a 
junior in college, correct? Yeah. Yep. Which is crazy. Awesome. We're so proud of you. And we've been having so much fun watching your journey. And that's really what I want to talk about your journey today, because I think it's really inspiring to people like knowing you and hearing like we were just talking before how I like last time I remember going to one of your basketball games. I think you were in middle school and because we were living in California, you're on the East Coast. You were playing basketball and you were like, what I remember, you were obsessed with basketball. Basketball was everything. You loved it. We weren't yeah. even playing baseball. And then I think we went back a few years later to Lyle's wedding and you shot up to be taller than Blair. Like, how tall are you now? Like, six, four? I would six, five. Yeah. Six, five. Oh, my gosh. Like, Blair's six, three. So you were taller than Blair. Your voice had changed. And I'm like, what happened to the, <laughs> to the little guy? And it's, I yeah. feel like sometimes, like, no time has passed, but a lot of time has passed. We are so proud of you. And it's been really fun hearing your journey. And I feel like I was thinking about it. Like I said, so you were in middle school playing basketball, not mm -hmm. even playing baseball, correct? I was playing baseball at the time, yeah. Okay. It's not, yeah, I wasn't like that serious about it though, yeah. Yeah. And then, because basketball, I just remember, was like your thing. Yeah. And then the next thing I knew, you just like excelled in baseball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basketball's probably still my favorite sport. Like if I had a choice, I'd probably pick basketball, but uh, I wasn't good enough by far, so. Really? It was a big milestone for me when I got to finally be taller than Blair. That was, I was waiting for that for a while. So. Dude, yeah, that's so funny. I'll let him know. Well, he'll hear this, but that's yeah. funny. I know the first grandson, I know that was like always a big thing. Like, and you're the youngest grandson out of how many of you guys? There's like, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. The of, there's like 12 plus of you guys. Yeah. But it's always fun, like holidays. I know. Christmas going and watching like the family slideshows for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're <John always> fun. <laughs> yeah. That was great. So let's go back. I know were sports always like a priority in your life or was it like school? I know you're like a boy growing up was sports always like your main focus. Yeah, absolutely. I never really liked school all that much. I mean, I did it because I knew it was really important to my mom. So <laughs> if I didn't get good grades, I wasn't out there playing basketball or baseball. But thankfully, I did get decent grades growing up. So I was able to go to BC, which was great. The whole process with high school was it was a long thing. And baseball recruiting in general isn't ever like a straight line. Like everyone has their own like weird path where, you know, some stuff doesn't work out and you got to just keep trying and then it works out eventually. So, yeah, school was definitely a big part of my life. I'm still in school, actually, with, at BC. I have a little bit of classes to finish up. I'm hopefully putting those off a little bit until I can figure the baseball thing out. So. It's so amazing. I know your mom was like a huge advocate about making sure you got your education. Was being a pro athlete always your goal and your like what you had your sight on? Yeah, I always, since I can remember, I wanted to be in the MLB. It was like always. Oh, really? Like, yeah, my dream kind of. And then... I didn't really like basketball too much growing up, but then once I forget, I don't know what happened, but I was like 12 or 11 years old and I started to love it. So that kind of took over for a little bit, but baseball was always number one. I was better at baseball than I was at, I wasn't physical enough for football. I wasn't really talented enough for basketball, but I could like play baseball. I could throw the ball pretty well. So I always knew like I could have a shot eventually and I kind of just kept with it. So. Oh, I love that. 
That's cool. I I guess I didn't realize that. I know too, like you didn't really have like the traditional like high school experience, I would say. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but it was more like, I know you went to high school, correct? And then you went to a boarding school. Yeah. And you had six years of high school. Was that it? Five years. Five Five years. years. Okay. Yeah. So it was definitely a different experience than most kids have. I remember, so I went to public middle school and the plan was to go to public high school in my town. And then my mom was working in the Bronx. So at the charity called POTS and then across the street, Fordham University. And our family has ties with Fordham. My dad went to Fordham Law. So a lot of people in our family love Fordham. So I ended up going there to Fordham Prep, the high school that's on campus there for three years. And then I was trying to get recruited for baseball and it wasn't really working out. So it kind of came to a point where I could choose staying at Fordham and maybe, you know, not doing the whole baseball thing or leave and try to do an extra year and then really commit to the baseball thing and try to get recruited. So that's what I did. And it just, thankfully, it ended up working out pretty quick after that. Wow. Okay. So you went to, sorry, I got to wrap my head around this. So you went to public school in your town in Connecticut. Yeah. And then shortly because your mom worked in the Bronx and because you had your ties, you got to go to Fordham High School in the Bronx. Yep. I went there for my freshman year. Yeah. Okay. And sophomore, junior, I guess. Yeah. You weren't playing baseball there. I was, but I wasn't playing too much on the team. I didn't get that much playing time. And I was always the youngest kid in my grade. So I always knew like doing an extra year was an option. And I actually would have wanted to, at the time, go back to public school and try to do an extra year. Mm -hmm. But that didn't work with, I, I think, the way classes, my credits would have lined up. So ended up going to Salisbury, which is a boarding school in northwestern Connecticut. And I loved it my two years there. And it was great. So did you live on campus there? Or did you go home every no, night? I actually I lived there. It was like an hour and a half from my house. So it wasn't too bad. I could go home on like the weekends if I wanted to. But okay. yeah, I was up there. So I don't know if you want to talk about this. Like you and your mom are super close. Yeah. Super bonded. And you're, do you want to talk about your dad? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So your dad is Blair, my husband's uncle, which Blair and your dad were super close. Like Blair always talks about him like he was like his brother. They were 10 years apart. Blair takes you under his wing and I granted the distance, but he's like, I have to give Emmett everything, you know, just because your dad was there and your dad passed away right before you were born. Yep. So you and your mom are like super bonded. And mm-hmm. have you had like, I mean, I know you probably have had like a lot of male figures because I know your mom like also surrounded you around like your family, like you had yeah, your mom's family, you had your dad's family, everyone just loved on you. So mm-hmm. how was that for you to like, growing up it was great i mean i honestly so yeah my dad passed away like three months before i was born but i never really like felt like i was missing out on anything i love that because the sheehan family is super close and huge and then the fergus family my mom's side is also the same way they're awesome so i was always around people my cousins two families of my cousins on the fergus side live in my town so we were always like hanging out with each other i'm an only child but i felt like it almost felt like i had siblings too so it was great and you know, Blair like absolutely did take me under my under his wing too like I'm still a Chargers fan because of Blair <laughs> and they're not even in San Diego so wait how are you a Chargers fan I thought he was a Giants fan we've had this rivalry going on forever because I'm a Patriot fan and he's a Giant fan oh I he probably still roots for the Giants too but I mean I did too because you know we were all in New York but yeah I don't know. I just remember picking it up from him when I was like eight years old Aww. maybe and they were good at the time <laughs> but yeah it's been 12 years of 
not many wins. So. Right. But I yeah, know. no, it's been great. And I've been super close to my mom, which I'm really thankful to have her. It wouldn't be like anything like the way it is now without her. So right. definitely. I know. So it's always like a blessing. And I guess you get to live like through your family, like of how your dad was and who he was. So I, I love that. And your mom is amazing. She's just badass woman, just like, you know, <laughs> like, no, you're going to do this. And she's like, kept you on this path. And I know uh, Blair like talks to her like a lot just to like check in with how you're doing. And, but so you were playing on like premier, was it like premier teams? Cause if you weren't playing baseball, really like your first three years in high school, you were still playing though, right? You had your yeah. like premier leagues or whatever. It's a uh, summer baseball is how it works. So it's like, you have your summer team and I kind of First couple of years, I kind of struggled to find a summer team that I really liked. And that's a big thing because you have to have coaches you trust and like an organization you trust. And some of them, a lot of them out there are just kind of not money grabs, but like they're really mm-hmm. expensive and they go to all the big tournaments and mm-hmm. promise you all these big things, but they can't really follow through on those promises. And then I found the Connecticut Blue Jays, which mm-hmm. is an organization in Farmington, Connecticut. And they really, Coach Mack was the coach who like really uh, sent everything the right way in my baseball career Mm -hmm. before that i really didn't know if i was going to be recruited to play college baseball Mm -hmm. we would sit down i remember like me and my mom would sit down with excel spreadsheets of every like low d1 and high d3 school that coaches phone numbers and emails that i could try to contact them with and we'd sit down and just knock a couple out every couple nights i wasn't getting much back i had some teams that were it seemed like they're interested in me but nothing really concrete and then once i was with the blue jays it was pretty quick after i decided to reclass in high school they had bc come to my game and they offered me like a week later and i just took it on the spot because I knew, like my mom said, you're going to go to a good academic college. And I knew I wanted to go to a good baseball school. And that was the best of both worlds. So. Right. I do remember that. She was like not letting up on your schooling. So that's cool. So you knew, like, so your primary focus at that time was to get into a college to then eventually get you into the pros. So like you needed a coach to basically help you map that out to get you on that trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't even thinking about getting drafted yet. Obviously, like that was a dream for me, but it's so few people get drafted. And, you know, some people get drafted at high school, but I really had no chance at that. And then I was just hoping to go to a good baseball school. And if I played well, things could work out. So thankfully it did, but I wasn't sure that this was going to happen. So I was like happy to go to BC either way. Definitely. Awesome. And what was that experience like for you going to Boston College? It was awesome. I mean, I've never like, just having that group of guys like that to hang out with every day to go to the field with every day was unreal. And the coaching staff, everybody, everybody put so much time and effort into it because, you know, it's a Northeast school and in the ACC and like what a lot of people think is the best conference in the country for college baseball, you're at a disadvantage being in the Northeast because you can't play all year round, like, you know, Florida state or Miami, something like that. People really just, it's the, you know, hardworking way, like the Northeast people are, I feel like especially Boston, like, it's just, you're going to find a way to get it done. So it was awesome. My people, I'm from Massachusetts. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So did you like the city of Boston? I loved it. Yeah. Being a New Yorker? Yeah, no, I loved it. (laughs) There's definitely pros and cons to Boston and New York. But I think Boston was definitely it feels like home now a little Mm -hmm. bit. So that's cool. And I was able to go back for this fall after, uh, you know, playing like my first pro ball season, I, I spent about a month there, you know, finishing up a couple of classes and just hanging out with my friends. So that was great. I love it. But when you go home now, you don't go there. You go back to Connecticut, right? 
or are you still like trying to finish classes in between training and all that too? Or are you doing that online? So I took online classes to start last semester. I wasn't sure the exact date that I would be home. So if I was home early enough, I thought that I could go back to school and take a full schedule, like in-person classes, which would have been great, but I wasn't able to do that. We have this thing called Instructs here. So like the instructional league. So I was asked to go to that, which is great. I had a great time. But yeah, it made it so that I couldn't take a full schedule of classes. So I ended up doing online asynchronous, just one class, and then went up there to finish it. So well, so you're doing one class online while you're also training every day and like doing all your stuff? That's that's what I was doing last summer. Yeah, I'm yeah, not doing it right crazy. now. Okay, I'm like, that's crazy. Because yeah. you just got to like, I would think have to be like so focused, especially because we haven't even like told people mm-hmm. what position you are in baseball. <laughs> and so Emmett is a yeah. pitcher which mm-hmm. like is phenomenal. And you're known for your fastball. Is that right? Your fastball? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think he was in, you were in high school with a 95 mile per hour fastball, correct? Somewhere around there. I was probably throwing like hopping out at like 93, 92 or 93 in high school. But like, that was like still crazy for me because it took a really long time to get there. And I was never like, I don't know. And literally got through hard and then going up into high school, I wasn't the hardest thrower on my team. So uh, it took a while, but yeah, like, especially once I got into college with all the really good coaching there, that's what really like, I saw my fastball and everything go to the next level for sure. Is that, I mean, again, I'm not that proficient in baseball, but is that like common to have like a 90 mile per hour fastball in high school? Cause I would think that you're still even kind of developing at that age. And I know in talking to Blair, he's like, no, he's just like a freak because his body, like you're, <laughs> he's just, because you're super tall. And he always says it's just such a natural way that you throw that even people are like amazed because it's such a natural way that you throw. So I like to hope so. I mean, it's like all mechanical stuff. And I like to think of it as like feel, like more of like, I'm sure you have felt this like somewhere in martial arts in your training or whatever, but where it's just like, you stop thinking about your mechanics and all the coaching you've gotten. And it's kind of just like feeling the way, I don't know, an athlete feels. You have to feel smooth and like fast, I guess. That's how I... I think that's actually really brilliant because I actually think back to when I was playing soccer in college and versus when I was playing in high school. And when I was playing in high school, I could just go and play and like, I just did my thing. I didn't have like the coaches would say whatever, but it was just, I did my thing like, and I just excelled. But then when I got to college, I started getting like the talk and like, do this, do that. And like, it was like so structured that that's like kind of when I would get in my head. So I actually really love hearing that you go on feeling and kind of take that you practice it, but then you kind of let it go to kind of go on that feeling. So I think that's actually really brilliant because I do remember back, I think it was your freshman year in college and it was like your first few games. And we were, of course, following every game. And I think you were starting. Yeah, that was my sophomore year. And then you didn't start. Yeah. And I think too, like, were you starting at that time to start like questioning like what your path was or what you were doing? Yeah, there were actually two separate. So I think you might've actually been talking about my freshman year. Okay. I, so I struggled my freshman year starting off. And then my coach just kept telling me like, stay on it. Like you're going to get an opportunity. Like I know you're working hard, so keep going. And then I kept trying and I was getting really frustrated because I wasn't pitching that much. And I thought I should have been. And then I got to the end of the year and I ended up pitching pretty well and ended up pitching in some 
pretty high like pressure situations Mm -hmm. but it was just a long time coming and then sophomore year i was kind of given the starting role for there's three weekend starters and i was the saturday starter so kind of like the number two starter yeah on the team i think that would be a better day saturday is like a better day yeah right (laughs) (laughs) no yeah fridays are fun because it's a night game and you're pitched under the lights so that's the best part but uh saturday is fun too so yeah i I was kind of put in that role and uh my first three starts were really bad so like some of the worst i've ever pitched and i'd never really thought about like the mental side of baseball before that and then my coach sat me down and was like, listen, like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to get through it. Like, whatever we have to do, I'll sit with you here for an hour every day. We just have to talk about mental stuff, cues, whatever. So he actually gave me some really good stuff about resetting on the mound, separating every pitch. You know, if you throw a bad pitch last time, you don't want to be thinking about it on the next one or throw a bad inning. You don't want to be thinking about it the next inning. So that was a lot of stuff that I kind of had to work through. And then that was the summer we went home for COVID. So okay. I think that set me up really well for having a summer where I could really just work hard, not think about the outside stuff and, uh, you know, try to put myself in a good position for the next year. I love that, actually, because that was kind of the start, really. Wasn't that really like the start of you then going to the kind of like the next level too, right? Because I don't even think you had being drafted or going to the pros at that point. And it was really through... I mean, did you even have a season at that point? Because then the next thing I knew, you like got an agent and you're like, what were you like, number 50 in the draft or something like that? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, you were I like, and then you were that. like drafted. It was like, and like all you had all these teams like looking at you and it was like, I and then I was like, wait, I thought like he was still like trying to figure, <laughs> you know, because I could really yeah. resonate when you were going through those struggles, Blair was telling me and I'm like, I was like, tell him to stick through because I had the same thing when I went to college and I was playing. I played at a division one university. It was like you're away from home. I mean, you had that experience of like in high school being away. So that's probably good. But I was away for the first time playing soccer. I mean, which playing baseball is probably similar in that you're training like 20 plus hours a week. You have to train go to school and do keep up with all your schoolwork. So it was just, and then you're traveling. I mean, in baseball, you're probably traveling way more. I mean, I don't know how many games you have in a season. Yeah, we have 56. In the That's college crazy. Schedule. And like you're traveling for half of those. Yeah. So we didn't really have any series that we could drive to. So we were flying to pretty oh, much wow. every weekend series. Yeah. Wow. So, right. Because you're like the Northeast, right? So you have to yeah. go. It's pretty to- far. Closest is, I think, Pitt or Virginia Tech, maybe, okay. but I'm not sure. Well, I mean, you're still kind of balancing it all, like now being on a whole different level and trying to graduate. But how did you balance like your training, being away from home and training and having like yeah. this thing that you're like, oh, I'm going to go be drafted? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was definitely a priorities thing. And, you know, like you get to college and most kids, it's like your first case of freedom, I guess. So you're trying to like, test it out, see what you can do. But you have to kind of realize early that you have to lock in. And it's not like all fun and games. Mm -hmm. Like it's a business, especially at the next level. So if you're not performing, you're just not going to get drafted. Right. And also, if you don't try hard in the classroom or really put in time with that, you're not going to set yourself up well for after college. So that was definitely things I had to think about. As time went on, I'd say my priority shifted. Like, I don't know, School was definitely always, you know, my mom always made sure that was number one, but it was definitely baseball took over a lot of other things in my life, especially like you said, 
over that COVID summer when things started to take a little turn. That was really when I started to set my priorities on baseball and say, listen, like I'm going to get drafted next year. Because the draft was kind of a wake-up point for me, the previous draft. Mm -hmm. Because I realized like I have a year left and I'm not in a great spot. So if I really want to make it happen, like this is the time right now. So that was probably when things changed. So you had a mind shift there. And then what were some of the things that you were like physically doing to make that happen? So yeah, before that, I was doing our team lifts for DC. Like I would go to all of them and do whatever they had us do. But I really just started to work out a lot more. I read this book from a Navy SEAL called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Mm -hmm. And that really uh, kind of shifted the way I saw hard work and, you know, mental training and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'd say that was a big point for me where I started to kind of, you know, go to the field on my own, run on my own, lift a lot more than I was before and just start putting in like, I just started to think I'm going to work harder than everybody else so I can put myself in that spot because if I don't, I know I'm going to regret it. Oh, I'm so proud of you, Evan. That's so awesome. I love that. It makes you. me so excited. I just love that. So you started excelling and doing all that stuff. Because I feel like the point of when I heard you wanted to do that and go for that goal, it was like a matter of like six months to where it just happened so fast. Yeah. And like, were you like freaking out or like, how were you handling? Cause I know at that time, like the Padres were looking at you and mm-hmm. it was kind of like a bunch of different teams and how to stay grounded yeah. during that. And also like be motivated on college. Cause you're also, were you in season at that time too? Yes. I was yeah. focused on that. So yeah, it was weird. There was definitely quick, but I'd say like the way I approached the game mentally shifted a lot during that time. So I was always like pretty talented. Like I could strike people out and stuff, but I would like, my problem was, you know, walking people and giving up stupid hits and stuff like that. So I was always pretty confident on the mound, but I never, I would always have a point where I could snap and go into like freak out mode or get nervous or whatever. But after that summer where I really like changed and started to, you know, work a little bit harder, I, I kind of felt like the confidence came from that on the mound. So there was really no doubt in my mind that like I could handle whatever got thrown at me out there. And that definitely came from like preparation. I don't think I would have had that at all without, right. you know, working like I did that summer. And so then you got drafted by the LA Dodgers mm-hmm. last summer, right? Yeah, last July. Last July. And then you came out to California. Yeah. Right. You were in LA and you went, started your first season for the Dodger Corporation, right? Organization. Organization. It's all the weird like jargon and stuff. Yeah, no. So the way it works is like lowest level is uh, the Arizona League for us because half the teams are split into Arizona and Florida for spring training. So our base when we do anything is in Arizona. It's at our spring training complex. So how many levels are there total? There is. So these are the Arizona League. Yeah. And then low A, high A double A and triple A and then the majors. Okay. So there's, I mean, that's like a lot of different levels. So where are you at currently in that? So last year I went, I started one game in the Arizona league. And then after that, I got sent to uh, low A in Rancho Cucamonga, Mm -hmm. California, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. So that was Mm -hmm. cool to be there for like the first real pro ball team affiliate experience, they call it. So I was there for about, I want to say like five weeks, maybe close to a month and a half. Did your mom come out? Was your mom out for any of those games? She couldn't come out to those games. Okay. 
and Blair didn't make it, right? Because I know we were trying to make it to so. a game. No, I th- we yeah, were trying no, to make it, it to a game. Yeah, it just didn't work out. Yeah. It's tough when you only pitch one day a week because then it's got to work for everybody else. But that's why I, I kind of get it when, you know, it doesn't happen. But so, yeah, after that, I got sent to Michigan for the last like week of the season. I got one appearance there, which is high A for our team. So what is Michigan? High A? Yeah, high A. Okay. And how Both did that balloons. go? It was good. Uh, it went all right. So I pitched well in the first inning. I got to face my college teammate, Sal, who was a uh, Sal Freelich. He was drafted in the first round this year by the Brewers. So he was like, you know, a big time recruit coming out of college. And I know I faced him a ton of times. So yeah. he's a really good hitter. And I was able to strike him out, which was really cool. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> but it was also just awesome to play him. But mm-hmm. yeah, so the first inning went well. And then the second inning, I kind of had one of those walks. I kind of just kept throwing balls and I couldn't really get it back under control. So I got pulled in the second inning, but you know, it was good to be there. It was good to get an experience. I think that was kind of the whole point was like, you know, go test the waters a little bit right. and just like get your feet under you on the, up there. So it was awesome. I liked it up there a lot. Perfect. Of course. And that's probably where you're aiming to go next. I hope so. Yeah. That's where I'm hoping to start the season. So you're now back in Arizona at training camp. Yep. And what's that like? It's awesome. I mean, it's like we wake up and it's we go to the field at maybe 8, 8.30. We pretty much just do whatever we need to do for the day. So stretch, throw, and then lift, and then do your arm care routine, and then you're out of there. So it's oh, quick really? days. Yeah. We haven't started actual spring training yet. That starts, uh, I think, March 1st. Okay. So this is kind of like, I don't think a lot of teams do this, where the Dodgers allow us to come back for... They allowed people to be here the whole off season, so they'd pay for you to live here and they'd pay for your food at the field or whatever. So that's really cool that they let everybody come and do that. So yeah, we just go there for a few hours every day. We're done by, I'd say around one o'clock most days. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty nice. But still like you're there at 8 a.m. and then you're going to 1 a.m. and just lifting and training and just getting prepped for the preseason or spring training. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I wanted to make it out here definitely because, you know, the way the Northeast is, it's really hard to throw. If you're throwing outside, it's going to be way too cold. And if you're throwing inside, you're throwing into a net and you have no idea how far it's right. going or where and it's going. And then injuries so. too, right? Because you're it's yeah. like cold trying to warm up the body. Exactly. So is it all levels are back in Arizona or just certain levels are in Arizona? So you're it's, all it's like a bunch one of guys. team? Okay. There's probably like 40, maybe 50 guys out here right now. And they're from all different levels. I don't know. If there are any big leaguers here, but I think there might be. But we were on the major league side. There's like two sides to our complex. So that was mm-hmm. cool to be able to do all our stuff over there. But yeah, no, there's guys from double A, guys from triple A, guys from A ball, guys who aren't even on an affiliate team. So everybody's here. Do you get along with every or is like everybody? Is it competitive or is it like people supportive? Like, how is it? Because um, I mean, you're all kind of, you yeah. know, there's only so many spots, right? Yeah, no, I kind of thought it'd be that way, too. We're like, you know, people stepping on everybody's decks to get to the next level or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's not really how it is. Everybody supports each other. Everybody wants everybody else to succeed, which is really cool. And I don't know, that could be a testament to, you know, the Dodgers just drafting people with high character, drafting people who are like-minded. But it's also just could be, you know, baseball people in general, I've found are just like all pretty similar. They're all good people. So yeah, no, everybody's great. I get along with everybody out here for sure. You're, well, you're just such a likable person. Look at your... <laughs> like, you're like yeah it's awesome <laughs> you're just such an easy like 
person to get along with. So it's such a great (laughs) attitude. I love it. And so the goal right now is high A for the season. Yeah, definitely. So like when you go, like nobody knows where they're going. Yeah. And then they'll assign you like after spring training. Pretty much. They haven't told me anything. I don't think anybody else knows anything about where they're going or anything. So uh, yeah, you kind of just have to wait and see. I think a lot of it is like also how you perform in spring training. So like this is probably a big time for me to show that I deserve to be there. But yeah, no, everything, everything's up in the air at this point. How do you prepare for that? You kind of just have to not even think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't even like really think about where I'm going. I just think about the next day or the next throw, whatever I need to do to kind of stay in the moment. And because whenever I get too far ahead of myself, it's just not helpful for me at all. And I think way too much, you know, I think that's like a great point all together, because even myself, not even like dealing with professional sports, but even just in life in general, just being present and being in the moment and not really worrying about what could happen or. Because if you're not present, it's not going to even really matter <laughs> like yeah, what exactly. happens, you know? <laughs> so right. I love that. I have to ask this question and Blair will probably like shoot me, but do you have a girlfriend? I do not have a girlfriend. No, no. not focused, <laughs> right? You're just like no. training, don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I had to ask it. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Well, I love this conversation, Emmett, everything about it. We are so, so proud of you. We're cheering you on. And yeah, if maybe for spring training, because Arizona is close to us, it's really hard to get a hold of you because you'll be like, yeah, I have a game. I'm pitching tonight. Yeah, (laughs) I'm terrible with texting and everything. I like I'm so bad with this. We get the Uh, info from your mom. We get it from her. I'll be better. I will. (laughs) But we would love to come see you and we're cheering you on. And we're, like I said, we're so, so proud of you. And yeah, you're so mature and like, shit, like just keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) Actually, that was one other question. Do the coaches, so knowing where you want to go, does the coaching for the Dodgers, like your high school coach, do they really work with you to get you to that level? Oh, yeah, definitely. They are 100% focused on you. Like every day they show up, it's what do you need? Like, what are we working on today? How are we getting better today? So everything is like very focused. It's really hard to not get better out here, which is really nice. Because at home, you know, they're still calling you all the time and keeping up with you and putting stuff. We have an app that kind of everything goes through. So putting, you know, workouts or throwing on your app and you can just follow it along. It's really easy. But being out here where they're seeing you and they can make sure you're doing everything right. It's awesome. There's nothing like it. So I love that. I'm glad. And I, I feel like I was saying when you got drafted, I was like, oh, George, your dad is like, I feel like he's guiding you. And I do feel that it's like he's with you and he'd be so proud. And Gramps, too. Thank like, you. oh, my God, you're living yeah. Gramps dreams right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just for everybody, Gramps is Emmett and Blair's grandfather who passed away a few years ago. But he was a huge baseball fan, a huge fan of you. And just he probably wish I was on the Yankees. But, he would. Yeah. He definitely would. But I think wasn't there the Yankees were looking at you, too, like because we were like, oh, my a God. Bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was tough. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I know that they're looking down and they're so proud. So like I said, please keep us in the loop because we do want to come watch and maybe we can bring a lot of our friends for a cheering squad for you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) 
I'm so glad we finally got to connect and yeah, just kick ass this season. Go get it. Yeah, me too. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we got to do this finally. Thank you so much for having me on. We'll have you back for sure. Awesome. Thank you for listening. My hope is that this conversation has inspired you with a new awareness and has uncovered some beauty and wisdom within you. If you have enjoyed what you heard today, please feel free to share it with a friend and please subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for me, please feel free to reach me at stephanie.brownyard at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.